welcome to the Branding for Women podcast, where we come to connect with and learn from other female entrepreneurs like you. I'm your host, Carolee Brinton. Hello, friends. Welcome back for another episode of the Branding for Women podcast. Today, I have Charlize Latham with me, and I'm so excited to share her with you as a guest because I've already learned so much from her in just the few um, interactions that I've had with her. And so I wanted to start off not by reading her bio um, like I normally do, but to share her mission statement because I feel like it's so powerful. So her mission statement as a virtual assistant is to give female entrepreneurs the confidence to choose the life they want to live by focusing on the tasks they desire and delegating other projects to me. I'm more than an admin. I'm also a cheerleader for you and your business. And I wanted to share that with you because there's so much power behind this message once you get to know her story. And so before we get into that, I'd love to just introduce you to Charlize. Charlize, thank you so much for being here with us today. Hi, Carolee. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Me too. Um, so Charlize, tell us, have you always been a virtual assistant? Oh my gosh, such a good question. Um, the short answer is uh, no, <laughs> I haven't. Um, in fact, I started off in the beauty industry. So when I was 19 years old, which was 20 years ago, I graduated from a top cosmetology school. So excited to be fresh-faced and out in the world and hit it hard. I built a full clientele. Eventually, I owned a salon. I was educating all over the United States for top companies. And I just was the go-to girl for beauty. I loved everything about what I did in that industry. So I just assume that, um, you know, as I slowed down, maybe behind the chair, as you get older, it gets harder on your body, that I would probably stay in the beauty industry. Um, but there were times when I had friends who would call me and say, hey, I have a business. I know you do like everything. So can you help me with something on the side? And, and I would. And then, um, you know, all of a sudden, um, things started to change. And one day I woke up and I couldn't walk. And that was it. My whole life changed from that moment forward. Um, and I couldn't walk because I had been having back issues from car accidents and standing doing hair for all those years. And uh, suddenly it was going to be my fate that I needed to have emergency back surgery to be able to start walking again. Now, my I wasn't paralyzed, but the nerves were damaged and... Um, when that happens, your body shuts off because it doesn't want to experience the pain. So literally, I could barely move uh, to get up out of bed, to chase after my dog. My friends had to come help me get to the bathroom. It was a really scary time, and I ended up in the hospital for that emergency surgery. Um, that's when I had to actually sell the first home that I ever bought myself. Um, I could close my salon. I couldn't drive around and educate anymore because I couldn't stand um, I had to cancel all of my, um, that was December, all of my clients for their Christmas hair of 2019 and completely start like over. I ended up retiring from the hair industry. Now, to be fair, the doctors were like, after your surgery, you're going to just go back to it and you'll be able to do what you did before. And I tried a couple of times, just one day here working one day there. And it became clear that that was not going to be the way it was going to be. So I made the jump and sat around feeling sorry for myself for a few seconds and then realized that that's not me. And I'm the kind of girl who always picks herself back up. So I started the company instead and started working from home. Wow, that's quite the story. Um, <laughs> and it just, 
it hits me. It's really impactful to me. I think and even hearing you tell it in this way reminds me of someone I know that's close to me who is currently going through something very similar where mm-hmm. they um, were very busy, like going, going, they had their rhythm, they had their routine, they have everything in front of them. <laughs> and then something just happens that changes that and they're still trying to recover, still trying to get back to where they were, but you we don't know like what's going to happen next. And so that's a little bit unnerving. And so hearing from you, who's someone who's overcome obstacles like this, being able to have the courage to keep going, to stay motivated and not only keep going, but have to pivot and change the direction you're going in order to keep progressing forward. I just think that's so inspiring. And thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you for sharing. As you talk about your friend, it it choked me up a little because I remember those feelings and I mean, if we're being honest, Carly, it's not like I just woke up and I was like, never mind, this was fine. It, it wasn't. There were days, months um, of, of depression and crying and feeling sorry for myself, laying around, watching too much Netflix. <laughs> what am I going to do with my life? And um, there, that all does come with it. Um, but I will say that I don't think I would have gotten through those things if I didn't keep the positive hope and the positive attitude. I think if I would have just said, my life is over. Um, then I, maybe I wouldn't have recovered as well. Um, to, to be honest, um, when I was going through all of that, all I kept thinking was like, I've been through other stuff before. I mean, I was actually in the middle of a separation slash divorce at the time. So I was like, man, my husband has left after 15 years of marriage. Like I've been through other things in my life that how could just this one a major thing, but this one thing take me down? Like it's not going to take me down. And again, that tenacity and that memory of, like you've been through things, you'll get through the next one does make a huge difference in the recovery. But, you know, I went from being super busy, like not only working, um, but just running around. I volunteer with my church. So I was volunteering physically using, you know, doing physical things. I was um, out with my friends. If I would wake up, get to work, come home and on the way home, stop by three errands, come back, walk my dog, go meet my friends for dinner, come back, go meet other friends for like after dinner, wake up the next day and do it all over again. I was probably gone all day long every day. And now I went pre COVID to almost being like in quarantine all of the time. Um, I have to say the one thing that helped me to inspire others during this though, was when, when we all started getting on our own lockdowns across the world. I was like, people, I've been doing this for a year. You can get through it. (laughs) And it actually brought me back to life, being able to tell my friends how you can still have a life from your bed. You know, I used to have the life where I was out there all the time. Um, So the little wins, though, are when you do start your business and you do help women and you start to see, like when I started to work on campaigns and get people help, what I do, I work with female coaches. And so when I help them to sell their program. They're a coach. They're going to help those people who are going to then help the next people. So that's another chain of thing that helped me when I decided to start the type of business I have. Not only is it me helping one business, my business helps someone else and it goes in a circle. And to see the fact that you can help the world just from your bed, it's major. Wow. That's really cool. Um, And that kind of answers one question that I had, which was, what did you turn to? What inspired and what motivated you to continue to serve the world from your bed? Um, Was there anything 
in addition to the satisfaction and the pleasure of being able to serve other people, um, did you have any other people in your life that were um, supportive and helpful or any personal mantras, any personal beliefs that um, guided and aided you in that way? Those are fantastic questions. Um, so mantras are huge. I actually did a little bit of therapy that um, it's kind of like the tapping EFT tapping therapy, but they use scents. So it was an oil aromatherapy. Um, so you do the same kind of thing where you have a, a method where, I, I mean, I don't do it, but the person who was practicing it with me taught me how, that, you know, through that time. And I have to say emotions would come out and come up and then she would give me things to repeat and say throughout the week. And they really do work when you clear your brain out, you know, sometimes because of the trauma, I I mean, if I still think about it, it all goes back to that moment. I woke up and couldn't walk that morning. I had to call my friend at 7am to leave her kids in bed with her husband and rush over with the spare key to let my dog out and help me to the bathroom. I mean, that moment is forever ingrained in my head. So that's a trauma moment, right? And so you have to work on like the, the mantras to get past these things to have your brain kind of bridge over that trauma part and move on to, to the living. So I don't have one specifically, but I will say randomly one day, you know, it's funny, your subconscious knows you best. I was like, I need a song to get me through this because I used to do five and 10 Ks as well. I would do a couple a year at Disney. Um, I went to Disney world um, and here in California stayed at Disneyland and I was going to fly this year. I'm turning 40. So I was going to go to Disneyland Paris and do 10 K that was going to be like the big deal 40, which that's all gone and changed worldwide right now. But, um, I can't do those ever again. And that was another thing. So I thought, how, how can I wake up one day and just feel like trash, but change that, that mindset around, turn my crown upside down. And I remembered this one song that played when I was finishing my first 10 K. I mean, I wanted to die. Like 10 K was a lot for me. And I was like, I'm never going to make it. And then all of a sudden Kanye West's song stronger came on in my earbuds. Cause it was on, um, random on my running list. And he was like, whatever makes you faster, stronger. And so what's funny is if I'm sitting in my room and I'm like, today sucks, which happens for all of us for various reasons, usually hormonal, but you wake up and you're like, I don't know if I could do today. I will put that song on super loud and then just bop. And I'm like, you know what? And it works. So whether you have to use music, you have to read uplifting books, you have to read um, quotes, inspiration, or write them down. Anything I think that you can do that's positive. Um, I had post-its all over that said, you can do this, you got this. Those really do make a difference. Your brain processes them into positive messages. Um, as far as people who help me, I mean, the list would be endless. I can believe when you go through something and you turn and you think you're alone and you have people bringing you meals, people walking you to the bathroom. Um, I was living alone at the time and people were, they packed up my house because it sold. My friends packed up my house and moved me for me. Um, washed my towels and folded my underwear. I remember looking at my friend, I'm like, you don't have to fold my underwear. Just bring me the bin. And she's like, I love folding your underwear for you. <laughs> like it was just to have that kind of support um, and letting yourself, I think the key is letting yourself be helped. And that to me was the first time I stopped being the helper and I let all of the help happen to me. Um, a very wise older friend of mine, she sat me down and she said, this is your time to sit and recover. Let everybody love you. And I think that, that kept going around in my head. Whenever you have a hard time, it can be really difficult if you've always been the strong one. But um, it was a mutual love society when people would help me and I just felt so good about it. I wanted to help others. And to me, that's what really does make this whole thing keep going around. So, Wow, that's amazing. I feel like 
you're reading the thoughts in my head as you're talking about it. And I was like, <laughs> oh, how hard that must be to like let somebody come and pack up your home because, you know, for obvious reasons, just so hard. And then I think that's something that really resonates with me about letting other people help you and something that I've personally been working through as well, like resisting. I feel like I'm subconsciously resisting support from the community around me. And so that's like something I am trying to resolve on my own. And so it's very inspiring to hear how you've been able to do that. And the idea of letting other people love you makes it easier than the phrase of letting other people just help you. But they're loving you. You love other people by helping them. And it just, what goes around comes around and it feels amazing for everybody. So really, really good reminders. Really so true. Good. And maybe, maybe there's a Kanye West song to help inspire you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I love that song too, though. <laughs> I'll add it to my list. <laughs> um, switching gears just a little bit. I would love to hear about how you changed over to be a virtual assistant from doing hair. How did you know that that was what was for you? And do you feel like that is how it's like lighting up your life? How did you recognize that that's something that lit up your life? If so, yes. Um, it does light up my life. And you know what? You are asking, I mean, the spot on perfect question. So thank you for, for that. You're a great interviewer. Um, so the way that that happened was kind of a big deal because here I was like I, knowing I have to get rid of something I've done my entire life. And I've tried every aspect. I called, can I still educate? And they're like, well, we need you to drive far and stand for hours. And it's like, I could not commit to that. And um, so all of these things kind of that I had built all of these years were slipping through my fingers. And I just kept thinking, now what? I mean, if I can't touch people's hair, like what other options are there? And I saw a um, an ad for like, you know, call this webinar for virtual assisting. And I thought, you know what? I've helped my friend with tasks for her business before for about two or three years. It was actually because she works for an international company and she was like, Hey, do you want to go to France with me? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, okay, I'll hire you to do some tasks for the, the thing that we're doing. And then you go with me. And so it was kind of less about helping or the money and more about like partying and having fun. And by party, I mean, I just mean getting on a plane and flying to France, yeah. but, um, it became awesome. I got to see a lot of cool things because of her went to Disney world like four times with her. Like we had so much fun and um, I realized there was a name for what I did for her. I didn't realize it. I was just like, yeah, I'll help you. It's called virtual assisting. So when I realized that I'm juggling what to do and then I hopped on a discovery call with a coach who I didn't end up hiring because I didn't, I didn't know yet, but I will say that even just the discovery call, the woman asked me, she's like, what do you want to do? And I was almost in tears. I'm like, I don't know. I need money. I need help. I need a whole new life. And she said, what do you like? And <laughs> I laughed because the question that coaches always ask is, what would you do if you had all the money in the world? Like, what would you do? And I'm like, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> like, I'm in this to like support myself. <laughs> but the side answer is actually what I do naturally, which is talk with people, encourage people and help people. And I've always been that person. So when I was doing hair, they didn't just come to me for great hair, which they did. It was like, hey, it's my fourth four week, you know, hair upkeep. Also, I need to know what to say to my husband, what gift to buy my stepdaughter. I need to know um, what should I say to my boss. People were always telling me I was more of a therapist than a hairdresser. 
So when I realized that I could support women and give them confidence, not just in how they looked, but how they felt, they'd walk out for the next four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, feeling like they could take over the world. And they would say that they're like, I can take over the world because of you. And they would leave. They would text me two weeks later, your advice worked, love you. And I wanted that same positive uh, feeling over and over again. So when I told this to that coach, she said, oh my gosh, you could either be a coach or you can help other women with their business. And I went, wait, I already do that. And it just kind of looks like it. If you look at it on paper without the, the emergency back surgery, it almost looks like I'd been preparing for this my whole life. And I remember thinking in the hospital, if I have to quit doing hair, I had wanted to work from home so I could travel more like with my friend. So maybe I had sort of subconsciously been manifesting a change. Now, I hope I didn't subconsciously manifest <laughs> my major back issues, but um, the change was there. The change was ready to happen. So it took a really brilliant coach to bring that out of me. And ever since then, I was writing it down. I was like, okay, how do I help other women feel confident? And I'm like, what am I good at? I'm good at supporting them as a cheerleader. And I wanted people to know I'm not just a VA. Like, how do I let them know you don't just hand me a task and I say, yes, check, done. That I'm like, okay, why are we doing this task? How can we do it better next time? How can I help your business grow and make the task much more than about the task? And I think I learned how to, how to do that on our phone calls with my weekly clients. And by the way, I hit my first income goal and I'm booked with clients right now. So um, that took a little bit of time. But uh, once it happened, it's like the best feeling in the world. Um, when I have my weekly calls with my clients, it's, it's a lot of just, I'm proud of you. You're doing awesome. And I think that goes a long way in this entrepreneur world, which I've been in for over 20 years now. Self-doubt, I think, is the number one disease that we have. I mean, you could wake up feeling pretty good. I have a full book of clients. I'm doing great. And then you read one social media comment, get one funky email. And the next thing you know, you're like, I'm a terrible, you know, fill in the blank entrepreneur. And I am never, I'm just going to quit. <laughs> and you start to think all these horrible things and it really nothing had changed in your world, just your mindset. So keeping them positive, keeping the women that I help positive, And I think that helps them to sell and to take care of more women. And like I said, it's that circle that goes on. So that's, that's kind of how it happened. Oh, so I have so many thoughts. I just really appreciate you sharing that. Um, the first thing I thought was I saw you have referred to yourself as a business bestie which I feel like is very accurate. <laughs> and that's a really good <laughs> title for you. <laughs> um, another thought that I had was the idea of that that change was there and it was waiting and ready to happen, but we don't always see, see that it's opportunity in the tragedy or in the trauma that's happening to us. And um, it's always, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. We always see later. But I just wanted to talk a little bit about that, about the importance of keeping an open mind and being flexible to things that could change in your life. Almost even, um, I don't want to like cause anxiety or anything, but like thinking about our lives, we have a plan for our lives, but also being in the right mindset to say like, if this plan doesn't happen, I'm still going to be okay. I'm strong enough to handle whatever happens and it may even be better than the plan I originally have prepared for. So you hit the nail on the head with that thought process because that thought process starts now. It doesn't start when you're laying in the hospital bed 
and you're like, you know, now what it's, it starts with, you know, what would I do if this, like I own the salon, I would, I would ask myself sometimes, what would I do if salon exploded? And, and we woke up and I got a phone call from the fire department and they said, sorry, your salon exploded. What would I do? And I used to be a lot more perfectionist and felt like I had the weight of the world on my shoulders. So I had several girls that worked with me at the salon. So on my days off, I would get phone calls and they would be the frantic ones. They'd be like, Oh my gosh, X, Y, Z happened. And then I would like run around and call. And I remember one time I was actually at, I was actually at Disneyland because I lived near Disneyland at the time and I had a pass. So we would go randomly in the middle of the day when I had free time. I'm there. I'm like running out of Disneyland, running to my car, calling the plumber, calling this, calling that. I get all the way over to the salon, which is like 30, 40 minutes away. And the girls are like, oh, we fixed it. (laughs) And I remember thinking, okay, you need a better way to handle your situations. Now I wasn't mad at them at all. They had the right to call me, the salon owner to fix something. They had their clients to deal with. So there wasn't anything wrong about that. And as an owner of things, you do sometimes drop what you're doing and run. So that wasn't the problem. The problem was that I had gotten myself into like a tizzy and I was telling my friends, I'm like, I got to go. And you know, maybe if I had waited 10 minutes, called back and asked how they were going to solve the problem, if they needed me to really be there. Um, if even if the answer was still yes, I wouldn't have like ran through the <laughs> Disneyland freaking out, and drove like a hundred miles an hour. I would have just like calmed down and said, Oh, well, I'm glad they fixed it. And then maybe, you know, figured that out. So that those type of little lessons, I would constantly remind myself, okay, what if this is the end of this situation? What if this doesn't happen again tomorrow? Um, and it became easier and easier. I used to hate change. I used to fear change, but honestly, all of a sudden when change started happening, I just started learning to roll with it. I think that's the best thing and biggest lesson we've all learned in the last few months. When things are out of our control, you're just going to freak yourself out and make things worse for you if you sit and get upset about it. So mourn it, think about it, go through the emotions, but try to do it quickly. Don't hang on to them. And then just look at it like you said, the perfect word, opportunity. So right now people have the opportunity to do more things from home the opportunity to focus on their family in a different way, a new way, finding a way to be present in different ways and put boundaries that they never put before in other ways. It's an opportunity to get better at your life, even though since I'm a rebel and sometimes kind of childish, I'm like, I don't want it. I remember my friend saying, you're going to get through this. It's going to be so great. I'm like, I don't want to go back to my own life. But when you look at it like that, opportunity what's next I was like okay now I won't have to worry about the salon exploding because the salon's gone and I can just have my laptop with me and if my laptop explodes there's an iCloud I just walk into the new Apple put a credit card down and load that baby up and so when I started going through those scenarios you can go through those two in your life and have contingency plans to calm yourself down for the what-ifs and you know, I always thought the worst thing that would happen, what if I ended up in a, you know, a divorce or lost my husband? Well, you know what, that happened and I'm okay. And I lost my salon and my business and you know what, I'm okay. And my, my, my dog of 13 and a half years, he actually passed away a couple months ago. Um, I knew it would hurt and it did, but I'm still okay. And if I'm okay, then I can get through anything. Oh, amen. That's amazing. I was just thinking as you were talking that there's also a fine balance between um, preparing for the worst and like preparing to, to work through the worst. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. 
you can get anxious, you can get upset thinking about all the terrible things that could happen to you, but you could also just realistically be like, this could happen, it really could, but I am confident in myself and it will be okay. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I will be okay, <laughs> which is much easier said than done, of course, but right. <laughs> knowing myself, I'm more of the anxious type, so I have to tell myself that a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I have anxiety as well. But I will say the the words that, that I recommend using to get through that thought process that you just described, mm-hmm. instead of getting stuck in the what ifs, you ask yourself, what would I do if? And there's a big difference in that. So the what ifs is like victim. Okay, what if all this stuff happens to me? Oh, well, oh no. But the what could I do if? So what could I do if, you know, I got in a car accident. Well, I call whoever I need to call. I get to the hospital doctor. What if that were to happen? This is what I would do. Not what if that were to happen, then you fall down and die. So, you know, theoretically speaking, please don't die. But um, that's the thought process. What would I do if? And it's okay to think about those things. I mean, as adults, we do. What would I do if something happened to me or my mom or my children or whatever? And not to dwell on that negative, not to get stuck and lost in the thoughts, but how will I be set up for that so I can be my strongest when that moment happens? Such great advice. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Where can our listeners go to learn more about you and check out some of your virtual assistant services? Oh, I would love if they came and visited me on Instagram because Instagram is where I'm most active. I love to give positive messages there and I'm always down for people who slide into the DMs and just want to say what's up. So whether you happen to resonate with what I'm saying and want to be given a positive mantra or thought, I am more than happy to share all of that uplifting stuff with you. So it's my handle on Instagram is girl at the yellow desk. That's actually the name of my company. So just look for me on Instagram at girl at the yellow desk. And that's also my website, but all my links are in my profile. So if you want to learn more, head to Instagram and learn about me there. Perfect. We'll put some of those links in our show notes as well in case they missed it. But thank you so, so much for being here with us today. We really... I've learned so much and I'm so grateful. You are the sweetest. Thank you for having me. And I just hope that this helps anyone who's listening who might be a little afraid or anxious to realize they can do it too. I'm not necessarily a special person. I'm just a person and we can all rise up and be our best. So I'm looking forward to seeing more stories like mine from the people that continue to get through things like this. Thanks for listening to the Branding for Women podcast. If you love this episode as much as I did, please subscribe and leave a review. Have a great weekend.